Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What is cracking, San Diego? Yes, I've been working on that. That was money. Finally a Friday. Welcome to Gwen and Chris. Friday? Something like that. Oh, okay. I thought <laughs> it was the day a- before the weekend. I know that. <laughs> Chris Hello, Tony Gwen Jr., and Mr. Scraby, our dictionary, sitting over there oh. as uh, we come to you uh, from the Odyssey Palace Studios here in San Diego, California, getting you set for the uh, sports weekend. Uh, quite a show today lined up for you. Scott Miller from the New York Times will be with us to talk about the World Series and uh, what he sees with the Padres moving forward. We asked the question the other day. Uh, we didn't really ask it. I just posed it, and we, I guess we decided to table it. But to try and predict what the Padres' starting nine is going to look like once Fernando Tatis Jr. returns from his suspension at the end of April seems almost impossible to do right about now maybe Manny Machado at third base is about the only locked up situation so uh, we'll talk to Scott Miller get some of his thoughts on all the baseball going on Uh, got a good countdown lined up for you today and uh, we'll tell you about that in the three o'clock hour along with our daily gambit four o'clock hour Chris versus the fans and our big five and our interview of the week will wrap things up in the five o'clock hour Uh, in and around all that your phone calls invited 833-288-0973. And guys, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles won it last night. They beat the Houston Texans 29-17. In doing so, the Eagles improved to 8-0. But my question to kick off the show today, are the fans in Philadelphia happy? Did they get the win that they really wanted to get last night because obviously the Phillies fell to the Astros 3 to 2 and so now it is Houston that has a 3 games to 2 lead in the World Series. If you were a if you were a diehard Eagles fan, diehard Phillies fan and you could only win one game last night, Tony, did you win the one that you wanted to win? Yes and no. Okay. I I think we both know that um 
And if you've been to Philadelphia, you probably know that the Eagles reign yes. when it comes to the city of Philadelphia. That's a good point. Um, however, in this one particular instance, you're probably feeling like, in terms of your question, you didn't get the win that you wanted. One's for a World Series. One's what, week nine? For an undefeated season for an undefe- to stay alive. Is the undefe- Here's the other thing. Is the undefeated season the thing? Is it really a is it really a realistic goal? Right. Would you would you rather have one or two or maybe three losses and win a Super Bowl at the end, or, yeah. or would you rather try to run the table, risk running out of gas, as we've seen almost every team do, and with the exception of your your Dolphins, there. Um, I don't know. I think the ultimate goal for them is to win the World Series. Yeah, right now. And, and their chances of winning the World Series are now, uh, most people feel like they're completely kaput. I, I disagree with that. I mean, a 3-2 series lead with the next two games in Houston looks uh, looks overwhelming. It looks like the Astros are on their way, but let's be honest, the Phillies are one game away from forcing a seventh game, and, and you never can tell what's going to happen. Uh, you know, you're going to have Wheeler pitching here to try and stay alive, and uh, we'll see. I think the Phillies can still get back in it, although it seems unlikely. The game last night, you know, I, I like the way it finished up last night, and the reason is because I love when defense wins you a ball game, and there was two great plays made by the uh, Astros, one in the eighth inning, uh, Mancini scooping that hard shot line drive down the first baseline by Schwarber, by the way, turning that, it into the final out of the inning. That was the first time he had played defensively, according to Dan Schulman on the on the broadcast, since October fifth. Since October fifth, anywhere yeah, he had DH'd, right? Yeah, yeah, he'd been DHing. He only got that's, into the that's game. That's a place to be put in, right there. Yuli Gurriel got uh, got knocked out of the game with a with a mild concussion in a rundown earlier in the game. So Mancini came in and. I don't know how comfortable he is at first base. He's usually an outfielder, but uh, that ball just found his glove. It was interesting, too, Tony, because I was thinking about this last night. A first baseman holding a runner on in the bottom of the eighth inning, that was the the go-ahead run he was holding on. The tying run was at third base. There was two outs. And normally, um, once the pitch is made... The first baseman gets off of the bag a little bit, pushes out toward the infield to cover a little more ground. On that particular play, Mancini did not do that. He just stayed attached to the bag, and therefore he was right on the line to field that hot shot by Kyle Schwarber. And I wonder, you know, if that was something that, you know, the Astros signaled to him from the dugout. You know, prior, hey, Schwarber's a pull hitter. Don't leave the line, whatever you do. Or if Mancini was just kind of unfamiliar with first base and didn't push off the bag as the way a lot of first basemen would do. And and it's hard to tell because I'm not there. I don't know. I feel pretty confident in saying that that it was the eighth inning and the tying run is at first base. You're trying to prevent. So you, you guard you the line. You guard the line. Guard be no, the line, I, yeah. I, I, My guess is it was the same way on for a right-handed hitter in the same spot right. on the third baseline. And so it, it, it's, it's, it's smart. I'm sure maybe he had to be uh, reminded. But as you said, normally you push off and you cover that ground. It, it's, it's heads up on his part, on the team's part, to recognize, all right, I know I'm holding it off, and, and normally I would shuffle off here, but I'm just going to turn so that 
I'm already on the line I'm at this point. Line. And yeah. turned out to be the perfect call, perfect right. play, because if that ball gets down the line, Houston's in trouble. Yeah, and the Phillies probably win that game. And uh, Mancini was right there. The ball uh, short hopped into his glove. He easily stepped on first base. And uh, Schwarber was denied. I, 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 you know, the other play obviously was McCormick making the beautiful catch in the ninth inning up against the right center field fence. That's just a beautiful catch. Tony, you can take us through that a little bit as an outfielder, center fielder. How many different things is he going through as he's trying to catch that ball? I mean, you know, one of the things is when you're running at full speed, uh, you, you got to be running smoothly so that the ball isn't juggling and jumping in your vision. But you got the fence coming up on you. You probably got the right fielder coming over going, plenty of room, plenty of room. <laughs> and you know you don't have plenty of room because you're up against the fence. Talk about making that play and how that, difficult it was. First of all, uh, any right fielder worth his salt is saying any uh, much room. You got a lot of room. You got, got a lot, lot of room. room. Keep going. You got a lot of room because you, you want him to feel the outfielder to feel comfortable. Right. Now, as the center fielder at this point in the series, McCormick has taken so many balls. He probably knew off the bat that there was a chance to make the play. And all those things you said become true, making sure you're landing right so the ball isn't bouncing. But for all outfielders, especially in this particular stadium, in that particular he area. He played center field in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, there comes a moment where you have to be okay with the consequences of going into this fence. And it's not that you're going to hurt yourself, but you have to have zero thought of – man, this wall is here, let me brace. You kind of just have to be willing to crash into this wall right? in order to make that play without, you know, it coming off your glove because maybe you pulled up a little bit. Or All of those things come into play. And in that moment, because I've been there before, convincing yourself, hey, all right, here we go. We're running into this wall. And you, you either make the play or you you run into the wall making trying to make the play. But you're not bracing yourself for this. And really, it, it it allows this freedom to just go after that ball the way he did. As it turns out, he hits the wall. He comes down right. He makes the pro, probably the the game saving play right there sure. at that point. Um, it was a phenomenal play by by McCormick because that in that angle, that particular stadium, it's not easy. It's not easy. How fun is it for me and maybe for you, Scraby, to talk to somebody who actually has been in that center field before you know, it's, yeah. and probably run into that fence before yeah. and be able to get a description of exactly what that what you're going through trying to make that play? Not many of us can talk to people who've no. been through this. I, no. I, I think of um, Aaron Rowan. You remember him oh, running yeah. into that wall? Yeah. And it, Pretty it, much it, the same wall. Phoenix, yeah. but it was straight away. At some point, he knows that I'm running out of space. I'm I, I'm just willing to deal with whatever comes after. Now, in his case, I think it was a broken nose. You know, it doesn't always turn out that way. <laughs> but there are a lot of there are there have been many outfielders that have been in that same situation and haven't been willing to quite a hundred percent commit. And you know, most of the time, they don't end up making that play because of it. Uh, yeah. Do you think it would be different if it was the regular season game versus the World Series? It could be instincts take over. It, it, though, they, don't they they really do, especially. I mean, I mean in that moment, playing, I tell you what: if, if it was the regular season, same 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 scenario. scenario, he's going to get that ball. I really? would think yeah. so. I would think even if you're uh, taking fungos and fly balls, <laughs> he's just running into walls. <laughs> no, you don't run into wall intentionally, but you're you're you know your instincts take over. You want to try to make that play. 
Uh, it was a great play by McCormick, and it did help save the game. Uh, Jeremy Pena had a big game for Houston with a home run and a couple of RBIs. Altuve came up with some big hits. Uh, Can we I talk was, about Pena for a second? Yeah, because... let's talk about this guy. He's he's somebody that very few of us know a whole lot about because we don't really follow the American League, but that's where Correa was, and uh, he left in free agency, and Pena comes in. What is he, 21, 22 years old? Had a fantastic season, hit 22 home runs. Won the gold glove, and, uh, you know, he won the ALCS MVP. That's quite a few things to accomplish in your rookie season. Yeah, he just had his 25th birthday a couple months 25th, ago. 25th, okay. What's remarkable about him is is not so much what he's doing, it's it's whose shoes he's filling, you know, as a, as a replacement, right? The one thing you could say about Carlos Correa is every postseason that they were in, he made a big play, big homer, almost pretty – much consistently throughout his time in in Houston. And that's really hard to replace, especially with a younger dude who's never done it before. And the fact that not only he's come up and and filled those shoes that Carlos Correa, he's been every bit as clutch as Carlos Correa was when he was here. And that is so hard to do. Just think about it. We're not even talking about Carlos Correa at all. Not one point during the season. Maybe their thought was, can he keep this up during the regular season? But he did. And now he's doing it on an even higher level in the postseason, which reminds you of Carlos Correa. He's probably the front runner for the uh, series MVP. He has to be. If the if you if you decided it after five games, but uh, there's still some series left. And as long as Kyle Schwarber and Bryce Harper are getting at bats for the Phillies, there's still an opportunity. Uh, here's, Schwarber here's, just continues to impress me. I mean, he takes Verlander deep, a high fastball to lead off the just game. Just buggy whipped it out, too. <laughs> just, I mean, he is so good. He, he has such so fast for a for a big for a not for a strong dude. He has such a short swing, yeah. and so compact. I got to say though, I think what we've seen now from Houston is their adjustment. You know who they're not going to let them beat beat them anymore? Harper. They're not going to let them beat Harper. So, you know, now the onus falls on Nick Castellanos behind him. Yeah. He's going to have to come up with a big knock in these next two games if Philly's got a chance because, uh, because Dusty Baker has made the decision that he is not going to let Harper beat him. And it's funny, it, it's taken it, – we got to the World Series before a team was like, you know what, we just can't – we can't pitch to him. We can't do it. And you know, but the, you know what the difference between this series and if you're asking yourself why didn't the Padres do the same thing? Here's the difference: there are, Hoskins and Real Muto are, on base. are not getting on base. Right. They were on base in the Padres series. In the Padres yeah. series, every time 100%. Harper came up, there were guys on base. Hundred percent. Hoskins and Real Muto went zero for ten with seven strikeouts last night, and that's and, and so that's the difference. You can pitch around Harper because there's nobody on base. So I don't want people sitting there going, well, the Padres should have done the same thing. No, it was a they different scenario. They were in a situation to do it. It, 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 it. Put it this way. It took to the World Series for those two guys in front of Harper to slow down, not yeah. get on base, um, and, and allow you to pitch around Bryce, which is what – just look at the games that the 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 uh, the Phillies have won, right? And it's, it speaks directly to what Chris is saying. Schwarber was on base, what? Three times in that, uh, two times in that game, they won seven nothing. Uh, Hoskin had the big homer. So if they're not getting homers like at a crazy pace that they have been, 
They got to draw some. They got to draw they walks. Gotta they got to get on base yeah. in order for the Astros to have to pitch to Harper, and yeah. that just hasn't been the case. And at least three of the wins, the three of the losses that the uh, Phillies have. So far. yeah, I mean Verlander was very smart. Uh, so were all the relief pitchers. I mean they threw a bunch of fastballs to Harper. But they didn't groove any of those fastballs. Everything was off the plate or in tight, up around the eyes. There was one pitch that kind of got left over the plate by Verlander, and what did Harper do? He raked it into the corner for a double. I mean, he still impresses me. But uh, Houston got the victory 3-2. They take a 3-2 series lead. Game six will be tomorrow. Scott Miller to talk more about that in just a little bit. All right, so we are underway. Uh, We are uh, hanging out here. Going to talk some Padres when we come back in this next segment. Chris Ello, Tony Gwynn Jr., Matt Scraby. It's Gwynn and Chris starting off a Finally a Friday program here on San Diego's number one sports talk station, 97.3 The Fan. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing. Only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. 221 on the clock Friday afternoon. It's Friday, everybody. Or fly day. Or fly, or fly day. You listen to me. Friday, fly day. Uh, 221, Matt Scraby uh, on the ones and twos, talking a little Padre baseball. A uh, few, uh, I don't know, what, what you, hot stove topics floating around there right now. I love now. hot stove season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is how they came it's up like with warm, the name. It's like warm stove season. How did they come up with the name hot stove? I mean, in the 1800s, didn't they all get around a hot stove? <laughs> yes, they did. That's <laughs> it's per- cold. All right, it's so if they got the around a hot stove, why did that translate to Major League Baseball offseason I'm just spitballing. I'm just spitballing. It's in the winter. 
maybe you know we're all gathered around the hot stove. It's literally what we're I was talking. thinking too. Talking, yeah, I'm just making that up. I have no idea if that's how it came about, but I believe that to be true. It makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm going to look up the origin of hot stove right now, <laughs> please. Uh, nevertheless, uh, Dennis Lynn uh, wrote an article about, and we spoke about it a little bit in terms of Josh Bell, but Brandon Jury possibly being a. Um, what is it? A more affordable free agent. More attractive fit? More, yeah, along those lines. I mean, okay. I don't know if he said attractive fit, but he definitely said affordable. Um, and, you know, some parts of me doesn't know if that's necessarily true. I mean, he, he had a better full season than, than Josh Bell did, so I don't know why. I, I mean, unless – and t- teams certainly do that, right? They could be taken into the entirety of their careers. Certainly, I think Josh Bell has had the better – career to this point Drury seems like a more attractive player just because he can play more than one position over Josh Bell it's hard to really want Josh Bell based on what we saw from him in San Diego but it's easy to want Josh Bell based on everything he's accomplished in his career yeah he looks like a guy that mashes the baseball he just didn't look like that here and so, so that's the, the question have so, to figure it out so that's the question right are 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 you looking at track record, or are you looking at the what two months of season? What your eyes told you over two months. Two months, yeah. and that that may be why Drury is a cost effective as that's that's the word that Dennis Lynn used. Cost effective. Another another guy who you know, I wonder in the role that they used him in could be uh, a, a value is uh, Will Myers. Yeah, I, I, I'm not I'm not ready to you know completely cut ties with Will Myers. He played a nice first base. Uh, seemed to pick it up with the bat, you know, from September on. And uh, obviously you can use him in the outfield, DH. I, you know, I think Will Myers is a he's, – he's a, he's a guy that I would kind of like on my ball club. I just love his attitude, I, his kind of carefree way he goes about things. I, I think, you know, he's a pretty well-liked player. And, uh, you know, I think he's a contributing factor to what the Padres are doing. I don't know that they're going to bring back Will Myers, Brandon Drury, and Josh Bell. Yeah, I don't know if they're going to bring back even two of them. I don't know if they're going to be able to bring back any of them. So that's why it makes it so difficult to really be able to forecast exactly what the Padres starting nine is looking for or going to look like, especially once Fernando Tatis Jr. comes off suspension. I think I think everybody's pretty much set with the fact that Kim and – Cronenworth will be the double play combination on opening day. Manny will be at third base. Soto will be in right field. Uh, beyond that, there's some question marks because we don't know if Profar is going to opt out, although it sounds like he is going to opt out of the deal according to everything we've been reading. So you don't know what's going to happen in left and Grisham in center and first base we just talked about. But when Fernando comes back, it makes it a whole lot tougher <laughs> to try and figure out where everybody's going to be playing it's because, a good, you know, you don't know where they're going to put them. It's a good problem to have, but it, it nevertheless is going to be difficult to, to iron out. I'll read you what the last little bit of Dennis Lynn's article says. It says, what should be the Padres' level of interest? Decent. Jury authored an impressive resurgence in 2022, and his most, his most marketable quality, his ability to hit the ball over the fence, is what the Padres' offense needs most, bringing him back should not cost nearly as much as a potential reunion with Bell. And Drury at this point projects as a more useful player than an older Myers. Here's what 
the last bit says. It says, if a reunion does end up happening, expectations should be tempered. Outside of Great American Ballpark this season, Drury logged a 746 OPS at Petco Park. That number was 562 in a sample of 95 plate appearances. He is, again, a big league regular, but relying on him to be an everyday player might be a stretch for a team hoping to win a pennant. One thing about Drury is you have to look at his career, too, Tony. You're right. He had 28 home runs last year, 20 with the Reds, 8 with the Padres. That is double his his career high. 16, almost double, you know. His career high was with Arizona in 2016. I think that was his first year, too. His first, first full, full season. year, yeah. Then he hit 13, and then he's had injury issues. He had a 15. But 28 was a huge jump, and I think it's fair to point out that he was playing in the Great American Ballpark, which is so hitter-friendly, and had much better numbers in Cincinnati. So Padres have to crunch all this stuff and, and figure out exactly what's going to be best, and you know, I, I still think there's a chance, even though your point is so valid, why would you move Kim and Cronenworth out of position? I still think it's possible oh, that yeah. they don't get any of the first basemen and they end up putting Jake on first and Kim at second and Tatis at shortstop to keep him happy. Um, I think that there's a still a very good chance that that could all take place. The other idea that has been thrown out there is moving Fernando to first base. Now, I don't know how viable that is. I don't know that you'd move a an athlete like that to first base, but it is an option. Oh, and listen, I don't it's not a it's not a guarantee that first base and the footwork that it requires becomes something that is easy for anybody. Yes, for as matter. a as a softball regular at first base, <laughs> I I don't want everybody to think that any schlum can play first base. <laughs> well, I can play first base. Again, no, you stood over there. I have not. I have played a great first base. I may not be able to catch can of corn pop ups, but I can dig out a ball. You've been over there just standing. No, taking up space. No, Chris is pitching, and then he yells at me when I'm trying to catch. When you drop a pop fly, then okay. Chris just rolls his eyes and turns his back on me. You know, I'm sorry. They expect you to actually catch the ball. I agree. I should have caught the ball, but I play a great first base. Wait, great wait, wait, time base. out. How I, don't can, think, I don't think you qualify as great. How can, uh, my, my first how base can is, you not catch the ball and still be considered a great first base? I can't catch a pop fly, but I can <laughs> dig out some, some low throws. And, and I can stretch. How many low? <laughs> Chris what? has seen me catch a ball before. Can you stretch, Chris? <laughs> I, I guess he can attempt to stretch. Yes, exactly. I wouldn't I, exactly say he does the splits over there. I, I wouldn't say I was doing that either. Oh, when you said stretch, that's what I envisioned. Was no, I just the splits over there. At no, first I, I, instead of like a just say like a two foot lead or two foot step, I do like a two foot one inch step. Well, my stretching. my point is that first base is not guaranteed that anybody can just go over there and play it. I mean, you you should be able to maneuver and get the job done over there. I. I think Fernando ought to play shortstop. I, you know, I, I still see all really? the highlights of all the plays he made at shortstop. I know people are talking about the throwing errors that he had a couple of years ago. Twenty of them, twenty-one to be exact. Um, but I, I, you know, he, to me, he's still an acrobatic player at shortstop. I mean, he's athletic and comes up with some remarkable plays that I, I didn't even see Kim. I, Kim was steadier, but. Fernando's spectacular, and if he gets his arm, you know, together and stops it's, making those throwing errors, and that's an if, but well, no, it's, it's, I can certainly live with Fernando at shortstop. I think people are forgetting how good he was there, you know, based on the fact that Kim was so solid this year. 
Fernando was a little I, more hit and miss, you know, because he had the throwing errors. I but. would say the I would remind people the majority of the, a lot of the majority of those throwing errors came in the first half of that season, and right. then he got better. By the time they end. now, does anybody remember some of the spectacular catches he made going back into short left field? There was a silhouette of him jumping and then jumping again in the air. Remember when yeah, he the did double that? Jump. Yeah, yeah he the, did double the double jump. jump. I mean, he jumped while he was jumped, or this in the air. Can, this guy can do right. some things. You know, it, it, it's it's funny. I was talking to uh, infield coach and third base coach Matt Williams about it, and he was saying that athletic part it gets him in trouble, right? Because he is so athletic and he can get to balls. It doesn't necessarily put him in the best throwing position. And they worked feverishly before the suspension on just that, getting his feet in, moving in the right direction and getting his, his body in a place to make an accurate throw cons- yeah. on a consistent basis. So I believe the Padres believe that whole thing is fixable. It's a fixable issue. They don't. I don't think the Padres have turned the page at all on him playing yeah. short. It would just be really hard. Now – it's a little easier, I think, without a, a gold glove attached to your, your shortstop that's there right, right now. Kim didn't actually win <laughs> he, the gold glove. He didn't actually win it, so I think it becomes a little bit easier. But uh, certainly, I, I I agree with you, Chris. I think Toddy is more than capable of playing the shortstop position. It's just a matter of if you're willing to give him time to get to where he needs to be. Because uh, uh, remember, he's gonna uh, the, the good part is he'll be showing up pretty early in the season now, right? I mean, April 20th. Is is really right really early in the season, so he'll have that time. Uh, so we were talking about the hot stove, and before we get a break, I wanted to give you the origins of the hot stove from MLB.com. They have a de- definition. In the early days of baseball, hot stove season referred to an actual baseball season, the hot stove leagues, in which Major League Baseball players would stay in shape by playing baseball in their hometowns while staying warm with actual hot stoves. The so term, we had part of it right. The we term, had part yes. of it right. So they brought hot stoves into the dugout? <laughs> yes. The term soon expanded to become a kind of predecessor to the water cooler. On a cold day, fans would gather around the hot stove to discuss their favorite team. Mm. All right. So we, I'm going to go It gather. did have something to do with baseball. It did, it did have to do with winter and trying to stay and warm. warm. Boom. Let's go find the hot stove to talk over, guys. <laughs> Let's get the break. When we come back, Scott Miller will join us. We'll talk more Padres and some of this World Series that I'm sure he's enjoying right now. We're going to Chris on the way. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 
8.38 is the time. Welcome back to Gwen and Chris. Scott Miller now with the New York Times, but one of the great baseball writers that we have out here. And uh, Scott, you're on with Chris Ello from San Diego and Tony Gwynn Jr., also from San Diego. How are you? Did you fix his phone? Now try. I... Scott, Scott are us? you there? Hey, guys, I'm here. I can barely hear Chris. It sounded like you're in a the room two rooms over. That is uh, very rare because I talk now really, really loud. Okay, good. As you've known over the years. <laughs> as I like to <laughs> say about Scott well. Miller, we both came up as sports writers in our careers, worked together at the L.A. Times here in San Diego, and Scott proved that he could be a sports writer and still is one. I had to find something else to do. So here we are. We had some fun back then. We That's how it times, all works. Uh, a lot of fun back then. Yeah, we had some good days. Scott, uh, World Series, uh, give me your thoughts through five games. Uh, I, I don't know. I think a lot of people feel like the Phillies are done now because they would have to go to Houston and win twice. But they've been doing crazy things all postseason. And, uh, you know, it's not like the Astros dominated last night. They got a couple of great defensive plays at the end to win. Where do you think we go from here? Yeah, I mean, coming back to Houston, I, I really like Framber Valdez. He uh, looked great in game two. I'm not so sure about Zach Wheeler. We could get Zach Wheeler that, that you know, is on his A game, or we could get uh, Zach Wheeler that looked a little bit tired and uh, a little bit off uh, in game two. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I think Houston wins. I It's been very interesting. There have been some interesting twists and turns. I thought going in, Chris, that Houston was the better team, top to bottom. Um, I my, going in, I kind of had it in my mind, Houston and five. Obviously, we're going in, in, going into Game Six tomorrow, and it, it, you know we've gone from all of a sudden Phil, the Phillies were up two to one, and 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 you wondered about that whole team of destiny thing. I mean, we saw how good they looked against the Padres, and then you know they they kept the the mojo going. But um, I think I think Game Four really turned things. Christian Javier was just unbelievable. I yeah. I mean that's talk about a hidden weapon. Um, I, I mean the 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 combined no hitter that he threw the first six innings. He looked like a Game One starter. Looked like an ace, and I'm sure he will be. You know before he's done. I can't I can't believe that they didn't start him before Game Four. But I thought that turned the series, and and now. Once we got through that, and then Houston won last night. I I think they probably, if I had to guess, they're going to take care of it and, and uh, finish things in Game Six tomorrow night. It's the one reason why, uh, one of the many reasons why the Astros are favored. They have have as deep of a starting rotation as anybody that was in the playoffs. I want to ask you a little bit about Jeremy Pena because. Uh, it's, yeah. it, it, he's having uh, an unbelievable postseason. He's really put it together all year. But I, I think it's it's more important to highlight the shoes that he's feeling that he's feeling yes. uh, in Carlos Carrera. Just talk a, talk a little bit about the job he's done not only in the regular season, but in this postseason. Yeah, I, I mean that's that's kind of why Houston is here, right? Not not just Jeremy Pena specifically, but it, 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 that how impressive Houston is. You go back to 2017 when they won the World Series that, you know, everybody agrees was a tainted World Series. That was the year of the the sign stealing and the big 
elaborate system Houston had. But you go back to 2017 and you check out that roster and look at who left over the next few years. George Springer was such a huge part of that team, and he goes and signs with Toronto. Um, Gary Cole was such an instrumental part of that pitching staff, and then he leaves and he signs with the Yankees. Um, you know, it, 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 the, the names that have left, you know, have, have, have been on and on and on up to last year when Carlos Correa left. And, you know, here he is, he signs the, the 30 some, you know, the million dollars a year deal with Minnesota. And then now he opts out. He's looking for that kind of money again. I mean, let alone losing a talent like Carlos Correa, you would think, Oh my gosh, how's the team rebound from that? But, you know, like I say, backtracking and, and, you know, talking about Springer and, and um, Garrett Cole and Carlos Correa, and, and it goes on and on and on Carlos Beltran. And here we are six years later, the Astros have played in six consecutive league championship series. They've now been to the world series in four of the last six years they're in the catbird seat right now to win it. And I mean, the, the talent they continue to produce from pitching to the position players uh, and, and Pena took over for Korea, um, you know, this year. And he's been terrific, both in the field, offensively, defensively. I mean, he hasn't been as flashy as yeah. Korea. I mean, you know, geez, God forbid, he's he's in his first year. I mean, I, you know, but Pena, he, it's not like he, you know, he's a 40 homer a year hitter or, or uh, you know, just one highlight play after another defensively, but he's so good in every aspect of the game. And the Astros haven't missed a beat without Korea. And, you know, you could probably argue because Pena is making so much less money and they're able to allocate the money they're paying to Korea in different areas of the roster that, that Houston's better off without Korea, which, you know, if you, we talked about this in spring training, it would have been insane. It would have said, well, wait a minute. You mean to tell me this upcoming year, Houston's going to be better without Carlos Correa, but they are. And Pena, you know, Dusty Baker had the great line about him going into the playoffs. You know, he's talking about his background. Pena's he's, he's a, he's a smart guy. He grew up in this country. His dad, Geronimo, uh, played a little bit in the major league. So he grew up uh, with a little bit of major league pedigree. He went to the university of Maine and that's where Dusty's line came in. Dusty's like, I don't know too many, uh, too many Dominican dudes that went to the university of Maine <laughs> to play baseball. I love that. Um, but you know, Pena, he, he was the American league championship series MVP against the Yankees. And he very well is going to end up winning the most world series, most valuable player. I mean, I think if Framber Valdez steps up big tomorrow night, um, I think Framber would, he, he very well may win it too, after his game two performance. And then if he steps up again tomorrow and pitches him to the title, but I think right now, those are a couple of the names you're talking about for the MVP. And if you say Pena won the ALCS MVP and he could win the world series MVP yeah. as a rookie, that's not a bad debut is it no i would say not yeah he's done uh, he's done all right for himself uh scott miller joins us here talking a little world series i want to ask you scott if if you've had a chance or if anybody's had a chance to go over and say hello to david hensley this is a guy 
who has spent time with the Quad Cities River Bandits, the Corpus Christi Hooks, the Sugarland Space Cowboys to open this season. But he is a San Diego kid. He went to Patrick Henry High School. He played uh, at San Diego State with Ty France and Trejo and uh, Zavala and all of those guys. And I honestly didn't even know he was in Major League Baseball until he showed up in the starting lineup the other night. And um, they've given him an opportunity off of 29 regular season at-bats. I think that says something for Dusty Baker being willing to go with whoever he can to try and find some production out of that DH position. But with all of the superstars in this World Series, a little local kid done well, David Hensley, finds himself in a whale of a spot right now. He's got a chance to get a ring tomorrow night. Yeah, how about that? Um, to answer your question, Chris, no, I have not had a chance to say hello to him yet. Um, I, hopefully, before this thing ends, I will, uh, it, especially being, as you said, you know, the local kid angle. But, um, yeah, it is. The fact that, that you know, I mean, there's no no shame in not knowing he was not even a, up in the major leagues before you saw him in the lineup the other day because he really wasn't, as you said. He, yeah. I mean <laughs> – it's not often you start you you have twenty major league at bats and all of a sudden you find yourself starting in the World Series, but that's where Houston is right now. They're D, they're they're DHs. I was looking at that last night. They're cumulatively in the World Series, they're hitting about a buck twenty. The po the entire postseason, it's about the same, not much better. Yet here they are, one win away from a World Series ring. You know, with and that's another angle to this. If if you know if if I would have told you that Houston's DHs are going to combine in the World Series hit like 120 with no homers and yeah you know, maybe one RBI I think it is and oh by the way Jose Altuve is going to be awful at the plate as well you would have said well there's a recipe for the Phillies to maybe sneak in and win right but you know that. What I just said is all true, and yet Houston, on the strength of this pitching staff, that just you know is so 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 deep, both the rotation and the and the uh, bullpen, that um, you know it, it, Hensley can start as DH, and they cannot get much production from DH, but and they can still win. But you know we'll we'll, we'll see uh, if he gets another start tomorrow night, but. To be in that position is, is on this team is just phenomenal. Last one for me, Scott, and you kind of mentioned Dusty. Uh, I think around baseball circles, Dusty is, is, is loved. Has has Houston now started to, to understand the value of having um, a manager like Dusty Baker at the helm? Because it seemed like when they brought him in, it was kind of just kind of a, a patchwork thing. And then he messed around, got him to a World Series, and, you know, here we are again in the same spot. Uh, I, I would expect that this this is a, a job that is his until he doesn't want it anymore at this point. Where, where are we at with that? Yeah, it seems that way, uh, Tony. That's what I hear. I'm, I've, heard, I've, I've heard some chatter that he'll be back next year. I think he wants to come back, and, and it looks like, uh, yeah, he will be back. And, yeah, to, I mean, this is second – what, second year with Houston or uh, – I think it's. I think it's his. I think it's his third year because no. I think he had the. Did he have the pandemic season? Yeah, you're right. He, yeah, he did. He did. So it's. I was going to say, you know, he's been in two World Series in two years, but it's like two and three or something like that. But whatever, back to back World Series. Um, 
to get the, this team in position to win. And, you know, it's interesting because you're right. Everybody, Dusty is one of the most beloved figures in the game. And by the way, uh, uh, you know, after Andy Green was done in San Diego, um, you know, he, or right around that time, he was out of work after he, he, after the Washington Nationals let Dusty go. And I know, you know, they, there was talk they, he, he wanted to manage and he was hopeful at one point, San Diego, he was, he was interested in, but the Padres, you know, didn't interview him. They, they were in a different position and, and, and looking at different things at that point, they, you know, the, the younger manager type, but, you know, Dusty's a survivor. He keeps coming back in Houston. Um, really. I mean, it was a smart move by owner Jim Crane because the Astros had been, they were the most hated team in the majors, you know, by fans, by, by rival players, yeah. by rival organizations because of the, the massive cheating scandal. And, you know, so on the other end of that is when Jim Crane, the owner fired AJ Hinch as manager and fired Jeff Luna as general manager. And they ended up tabbing dusty to, to take the team. And I, I think it, it was a, it was a smart move on a couple of reasons. I mean, it was very calculated because, you know, number one, Dusty's a good baseball guy, and he's got a long track record of success as a manager. He'll be in the Hall of Fame as a manager here uh, not long after he's done managing. Um, but aside from all that, you know, it, 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 I mean, Dusty's like catnip to the media, let alone players and everybody else. Like, everybody, players, executives, media, fans, everybody loves Dusty. But I said catnip to the media in particular because – when Jim Crane hired him right in, in the aftermath of the scandal, Houston it was calculated because they, they were just getting banged on by everybody. And they were desperate to try to look for a little bit of forgiveness and to get a little bit, you know, turn the narrative around and so that not everybody would just continue to rip them for the rest of eternity. Yeah. And I think the calculation was you bring Dusty in, people are going to – all of a sudden, it's not. It, it, they get some good press, right? It's not easy. It's like, yeah, the Astros cheated. They, You know, they're scum. They they did – it was unbelievable what they did. Like, oh, but wait a minute, Dusty's here. So, well, you know, that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll give him a chance, you know. And, and they've got some better publicity than – they probably would have and should have over the past few years since then. I'm not saying everybody all of a sudden is forgiven Houston and loves Houston. I'm sure you guys in your own circles right now, uh, as Houston makes its run, I'm sure you guys both have plenty of friends that are like, man, because I hear it all the time from my own. I can't, I just can't imagine myself rooting for Houston, but oh man, I love Dusty. Yeah. So I, I would <laughs> like to see Dusty get a ring. That's like, seems to be the entire baseball world right now. Well, Dusty, this is his 12th postseason as a manager, and uh, he's still looking for his first World Series championship as a manager. He did one with the Dodgers as a player yep. back in uh, back in 1981. So uh, don't totally feel sorry for Dusty Baker, but you're right, Scott. A lot of people will be cheering for him over the weekend. Uh, thanks for everything, as always, Scott. Great talking to you, and uh, enjoy the rest of the series. All right, guys, you too. Take care, and, uh, yeah, enjoy game six tomorrow night. Have a great weekend. And we Thanks, will Scotty. do that. Scott Miller right there from the New York Times. And, uh, yeah, Dusty Baker, 
I mean, it's interesting. You wonder, you know, he started with the uh, Giants, Dusty did, in 1993. You know what happened in his first season as manager? Very first season as a rookie manager. Is that the year they won 100 wins and lost to the Braves? Won 103 games. And didn't the even Braves go to the playoffs. won 104. <laughs> and the Giants didn't make the playoffs because there was no wild card teams. <laughs> That's crazy. That was By his the- first season as a manager. His first seven seasons as a manager, he didn't win a single playoff game. But, you know, he figured it all out. Listen, uh, Dusty has 2,022 victories as a manager. That's 10th all time. Right. He's, he's gonna By next year, he'll get inside of, of nine, which is uh, Walt Alston ahead of him. Yeah. I mean, he's had an Think amazing career, but he's yet to win the uh, brass ring as a manager. We'll see. Astros will go for it in game six tomorrow. We'll come back, go for hour number two of Gwen and Chris after this short timeout. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.